September 2nd, 2022. Let's continue in Masechet Berachot, or in Dafdale Bet, two lines from the bottom, returning to what we left off our limud with last time. Says the Gemara in the middle of the line, Amar Yoshua ben Levi, Afal pishikara adam keriyat shema bebeta keneset, even though a person read and recited Kiriachima in the synagogue, there's a mitzvah, which means it's not a hoba, it's not the interpretation of the pasuk in the Torah, but it's nonetheless correct, and we'll see in a moment or two, in the eyes of the Hakamim with regards to their vision as to what the significance of Kiriachima Alhamita, as it's known, uh, is. Uh, so that's the statement. He should nonetheless, each person should nonetheless say Kiriachima Almitato next to their bed before they go to sleep. Now, interestingly, the Gemara says the word Afapishikara Adam. Now, the Gemara will often use the word Adam instead of the word Ish, for example. But in Siman Resh Lamitet, Shohanaruch just mentions the mitzvah Kiriachima Alhamita. And Magen Abraham, one of the major commentators to Shohan Aruch Ora Hayim, points out that women do not have the custom of saying Kiryat Shema Alhamita. He hypothesizes, he wonders whether it's because it's Mitzvah Ta'aseh Gerama in some way. It's only at night, it's only as you're going to sleep. Katha Hayim, Biakov Hayim Sofer, alternatively points out and writes that the custom should be, and perhaps was or is amongst Middle Eastern Jewry, and maybe all Jewry, that women should be saying it as well. What's the logic? What's the rationale? Well, as we'll see in a moment or two in the Gemara, Kiryat Shema Al-Hamita, in the eyes of the Hachamim, was to protect from Mazikin. We'll try to understand a little bit of the depth of what that means, but effectively, it's a, it's a mode and a method to protection. Says Kafa Hayim, uh, well, women need protection just as much as men. If this Kiryat Shema is purposed to be that protection, that Shemira Min Hamazikim, so it stands to reason women should be involved as well. Says the Gemara onward, Amar Biyose, on the bottom line here on Daftal Damud Bet, Mai Kera, what Pasuk is Miramez, hints to this idea of Kiryat Shema Alamita, decides a Pasuk from Tehilim, Rigzu Ve'al Tehetau, Imru bilvavechem al mishkavchem. Now the re- reference already of bilvavechem, so bilvavechem is some sort of, in the eyes of the rabbis, reference to bilvavecha. And then mishkavchem, we know the pasuk, bishochbecha ubkumecha. So those words mentioned one next to the other is already a reference to kiryat shema, but who said it's Kiryat Shema Al-Hamita? Maybe it's Kiryat Shema in the morning or evening. Well, first and foremost, we already have a pasuk along those lines of Bishok Bechav Kumecha. But furthermore, the end of the pasuk, Vedomu Sela, if you recall, Vedomu, as Rashi writes, Vedomu Milashon Demama, silence, Rashi writes, Bashena Aharechen. In other words, the pasuk is referring to Kiryat Shema before your silence before you quietly go to sleep. Okay, that's the derasha of the Gemara. Continues the Gemara. Amar of Nachman to the top of Dafhe Mudalif. Im Talmid Hacham hu en sarich. If you're a Talmid Hacham, if you're a scholar of some sort, so it's unnecessary to say Kiryat Shema al Hamita. Why not? Look at Rashi at the top of the page. Shiragil be Mishnato la Hazor al Girsato Tamid. Tamit Hacham is not just a wise scholar, but it's a person who's constantly reviewing their limud. That's significant enough. That's sufficient. 
What's the idea? The idea appears to be, at least in Rashi's eyes, that Kiryat Shema is about going to sleep with words of Torah. And so if you are a Talmud Hacham who's constantly reviewing and saying words of Torah with your mouth and your mind, well then it's doesn't need, it need not be Kiryat Shema al Hamita, it can be anything. Now, Before, uh, the, go ahead. the bottom of the last page you said that it's a mitzvah, it's right. not a chobah. Right. And now we're using the word sarif. It's almost as if it is a chobah, not just, just quote-unquote. The idea, I understood, good question. The question is that um, the Gemara mentions the Lashon Mitzvah, how could you then match that to the word Sarich or in Sarich? Uh, my understanding would be in Sarich would be along the lines of it's unnecessary for your protection. Keep in mind, this is not a chobah from the Torah. It's a mitzvah which the Hakamim are articulating and they're purposing it for your protection. And Sarich doesn't need that protection, would probably be the interpretation. Uh, continues the Gemara. Says Abaye, but even a Talmit Hacham should nonetheless, it's necessary for him, to say, Had Pesuka, Had one, Pesuka, Pasuk, Derahame of mercy. You should nonetheless, even if you're constantly reviewing your Torah, even if you are that Tamit Hacham, you should nonetheless go to sleep with a particular and specific pasuk of mercy from God. Kigon, for example, Beyadecha Avkid Ruhi Padita Oti Adonai El Emet. Pasuk in Tehilim, in which we refer to the fact that we're handing over our Ruach, our life, our, our spirit. To Akadosh Baruch Hu because he's the one who's our true redeemer. Now, interestingly, two points. Number one, this Talmit Hacham distinction is not mentioned in Harambam, not listed in Shohan Aruch either, which means to say we don't distinguish between someone, you know, you'd say, okay, I'm not a Talmit Hacham, but at least I was studying Torah. Maybe I should just go to sleep now from that Torah. We nonetheless not necessitate, but suggest Kiryat Shema. And secondly, this Pasuk of Ruhi, if you look in most, if not all, of our Sidurim, it's mentioned as part of what we say in the Kiryat Shema, which means to say it's not just for the Talmud Hacham saying that Pasuk. We have accepted as custom, in addition to Kiryat Shema and several other Pesukim, we say this Pasuk because of its appropriateness to uh, before going to sleep time. Says the Gemara onward, Amar Bilevi Barhama, Amar Bishimon Ben Lakish, Le'olam, Yergiz Adam Yeser Tob, Al Yeser Hara, Shene Emar, this brings us back to that pasuk that we were referring to at the bottom of Daftale Damud Bet with regards to that remez in the pesukim or in the, in the, in the ketubim for Kiryat Shema Al Hamita. And instead of focusing on the later words, Imru Bilvavechem Al Mishkavchem, we're focusing on the earlier words, Rigzu Ve'al Techetau. Al Techetau, don't sin. Rigzu Le'olam Yergiz. Really, Rogez is a reference to anger, but it means uh, in this context to have them battle. You should have your yeser hatob overtaking, uh, in, a, in a way, uh, taking out its wrath on the yeser hara, which means to say each person internally has a constant a battle and struggle within themselves with regards to how they're going to live. So the statement of Rabbi Levi Bar Haman and Bishimon ben Lakish is le'olam, at all times, there's no moments of rest, uh, at all times, your Yeser HaTob is supposed to be looking to battle and overcome your Yeser Hara. The moment that you let down your guard is the moment that you're overtaken by 
uh, the reality that we all have as human beings. It's the drives to do the wrong thing and to think inappropriately and to lead a life which is not on the straight path of Derech HaTorah V'Hamisvah. Truth is, it's interesting in this context because uh, there's a Mishnah later on in the Masechet that will make the Derashav that levavecha is b'shnei yisrecha. Rashi in his commentary to the Torah cites this b'shnei yisrecha, but both your yeser hatop and your yeser hara, which means to say, in this context of Kiryat Shema, we're thinking about the fact that I live as a complicated individual. I have both a yeser hatob and a yeser hara. The challenge is transforming and letting the yeser hara be uh, channeled in the direction of Yeser HaTob. I wonder if that's what's in a certain way referred to over here as well, of the Hargaza or the Roges of the Yeser HaTob over the Yeser Hara. Continues the Gemara and it says, If you were successful in conquering and vanquishing the Yeser Hara, Mutab. That's great. If you were able to do it in your way, fantastic, in your mind, in your activities, if you haven't been successful, if you're struggling with that, you should immerse yourself in Torah, as the continued words in the Pasuk say, the Pasuk says, say on your, or in your heart. Oftentimes is a reference to the mind. As well, might be a reference to, over there it certainly is, to words of Torah. So in other words, the reference here in the Gemara is a very well-known statement in the Gemara. Is if you're not able to, in your own life, in a natural way, overcome Yetzir Hara, first turn to Torah. That's a fascinating statement already. It's a lesson I actually learned from my father with regards to Torah's capacity along these lines. I remember once having a, a meeting in the school and we were discussing how to instill Yerat Shamayim, a fear and awe of heaven in the students in the best way possible. So different people had different suggestions. One person spoke up and said, we need to take more time out of the Limud to talk about these concepts. Maybe we should introduce learning Sifre Musar in every Gemara class and so forth. I remember my father's remark and it really struck a chord with me. He said, if we're teaching Torah, Gemara, Hamishah, Hamshet Torah, Nevi'im and Ketubim, Halacha in the appropriate way, it's done within a context of Yerat Shemaim, which means to say, it will be one in which I feel Devar Hashem. I'm realizing the word of God to me through this text. It inspires me in and of itself. That's the reference, perhaps, then, to Torah being the first vantage point. It's not simple to do. Therefore, says the Gemara, Im if you've now overcome, uh, defeated the Yeser Hara through the Talmud Torah Mutav, that's great. Vim Lav, if not, Yikra Kiryat Shema, you should then turn to Kiryat Shema, which means to say Kiryat Shema is not the first method of attack. It's the backup plan. It's the backup plan. The Torah hasn't been effective turn to a, a packaged statement of Kabbalat Ol Malchut Shemaim Shene Imar, as the Pasuk says in its continued words, Al Mishkavchem, on your, as you're lying down. That's a reference to Bishok Bechav Kumecha, to the Kiryat Shema. So it means that we've mentioned a tiered approach with regards to uh, attacking our Yeser Hara. First and foremost, if you were able to, Le'olam Yargiz, fantastic. If not, turn to Torah, learn it appropriately in the way, in the fashion that will instill within you Yerat Shamayim. If you've uh, defeated, fantastic. If not, 
turn to Kiryat Shema. There's a certain potency in the Kabbalat O Malchut Shemaim in the specific words and concepts of Kiryat Shema. Im Mutav. If you've now defeated the Yetzer Hara through Kiryat Shema, fantastic. Vim Lav. If not, Yizkor Lo Yom Hamita. You should recall, you should make yourself remember the day of death. Shene Emar, as the end of the Pasuk says, Vedomu Sela silence for eternity, which of course could be a reference to death, which means to say the last on the list of uh, directives to overcoming Yetzir Hara is to think about those gloomy and depressing states of being in which I'm ultimately speaking going to pass away. If I'm ultimately speaking going to pass away, not going to live forever. I may as well be effective in this world in overcoming the Yetzir Hara. There is a well-known story with regards to this Gemara that's told in the Yeshivot, and it goes as follows. You see, in Yeshivat Velazhin, in the Velazhin Yeshiva, during the time of the study there, there was what was known as, and this is the mid-19th century, mid to late 19th century, the Musar movement, led by Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. The Musar movement was looking to instill not only lay people, but yeshiva boys as well, with the study of the words of inspiration and rebuke. The books of the Musar movement were Mesilat uh, Yesharim, Chovot HaLevavot, and along those lines. And uh, as, as the story goes, Rabbi Chaim Velazhenar came in contact with Rabbi Yitzchak Blazer. Rabbi Yitzchak Blazer, otherwise known as Rabbi Itzla of Peterberg, he was a student of Rabbi Yisrael Salanta, the father of the Musar movement, and he was looking to convince Rabbi Chaim Salvechik, who's in Velazhin Yeshiva, that they should be studying Musar. So he turns to him and he says, doesn't the Gemara say that you're supposed to be Maskil Yom HaMavit? So how come in your yeshiva you're just immersed in Torah? You're supposed to be thinking about sometimes those, uh, those difficult things to wrap your head around, that we're not going to live forever, that we need to be inspired by words of Musar, rebuke and awakening. So Rabbi Chaim Salvechik, as the story goes, as his grandson writes in, Hala, in Isha Halacha, as others recall it, Rabbi Chaim Salvechik responded and he says, you know what this reminds me of? Once upon a time, this is... I'm now telling you, uh, doctors used to prescribe castor oil in order to solve uh, certain, as a remedy to certain ailments. So Rabbi Chaim Salvechik said, can you imagine a healthy person drinking castor oil? That would be harmful to them. That would be detrimental to their health. It's only the person who's in the difficult health state who's now ill or has ailments, then the doctor gives them the castor oil, which means to say he then plugged it into this Gemara. In our yeshiva, our vision, our hope of these students is that through the Torah, through the first or second stage in attacking the Yesed Hara, we'll overcome it. We did it with the Torah. If we were to fall to that last of these stages, well, that's when we prescribe the castor oil, which means to say life is not supposed to be one of gloom and of doomsday and thinking about death constantly. It's true the Mishnah in Perkei does tell us that we're supposed to think about where we came from and where we're going and we're going to be buried in the ground. But ultimately speaking, that's not supposed to be on our minds constantly. We can and should instead be living in this world and developing ourselves. So the response to the Musa movement was, we're looking to do this within the context of Torah. The, uh, the postscript to it in the book Lifrakim by Rabbi Weinberg, that's the author of Sri Deish, he says he was once situated around the table with Rabbi Blazer who said, you know, the truth is, 
uh, the response to Rabbi Salvechik would go as follows, whether he said it at the time or not. He said Musar, he was assuming, is separate from Torah. It's the Yom HaMavit mentioned in the Gemara. Truly understanding Musar, however, is understanding it as part of the Torah. So the Musar movement is not just being Mazkir Yom HaMavit. We're broadening the scope of Torah. That would perhaps be the response to that. It says the Gemara onward, Ve'amar bilevi, Barhama Amar Bishimon ben Lakish. Again, why is this being mentioned here in the Gemara? For no reason other than it's the same names of the rabbis who have been speaking uh, just a moment ago. And see, we had their statement earlier, Amar Bilevi, four lines from the top, Barhama Amar Bishimon ben Lakish. And he was stating that because it was a derasha on the Pasuk that we had referenced with regards to Kriyat Shema al Hamita. Uh, his derasha of Yeser Hatob and Yeser Hara had nothing to do with that, but it was the same Pasuk. And now that we're mentioning Rabbi Levi Bar Hama in the name of Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish, we cite another derasha. Sometimes the Gemara will do that, even though there's no thematic connection, but there's a connection with regards to which rabbi is stating it in the name of whom. Says the Gemara, my dichtiv, what does it mean when the Pasuk says in, in, in Parashat Mishpatim, Vayomer Adonai Moshe ale Eli hahara, Vehyesham, come up to the top of the mountain, of course, a reference to Har Sinai, be there. And I will give you et luchot ha'even, the uh, stone tablets, ve'hatorah, ve'hamitzvah, asher katavti lehorotam, and the Torah and the mitzvah, which I've written for instruction. And the understanding is that each of these words is significant. Because ultimately speaking, they're somewhat superfluous, they're extraneous. The pasuk could have just said, and I'll give you the tablets, or I'll give you the Torah. Why does go out of its way to mention all of these? I'll give you the stone tablets and all these other matters as well. Says the, says the Derasha here in the Gemara, Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish, Luchot, the first reference, Luchot Ha'even, Elo Aseret Adberot, that's a reference specifically to the Ten Commandments. Of course, those were what was chiseled, and that's what the Pasuk says in Parashat Vet Hanan, onto those Luchot. Torah, the Pasuk then says, uh, Kadosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe, I'm going to give you the Torah, Zemikra, that's a reference to Torah Shbikhtar, Hamisha Humshe Torah specifically. Why are the Luchot and the Aseret Adberot separated from Mikra? After all, the Ten Commandments are in our Torah, Parashat Yitro, Parashat Fayt Hanan. Uh, perhaps it's along the lines of what Rashi in his commentary over here cites in, in his commentary to the Torah in Parashat Mishpatim in the name of Rabbeinu Sa'ad Yaga'on. He quotes from Rabbeinu Sa'ad Yaga'on that these Ten Commandments have within them hints, remazim, and abilities to find all 613 mitzvot. So, so to speak, this first reference of these Luchot and these Ten Commandments is the potent, the powerful ten, that if you were then to, uh, to delineate and uh, divide them and understand them pro properly, so now you'll find 613 mitzvot. But it means that initially there's the giving of the condensed version, the Ten Commandments, and then the spread out one called mikra. Why is mikra known as mikra? Because the next word will be the mitzvah. The Pasuk says, I'll give you the Torah, and the mitzvah says the Gemara zom mishnah. That's a reference to mishnah. Why is Mikra known as Mikra, reading, and, and Mishnah meaning studying or repeating? Well, as Maharsha points out over here, as many of the Mefarshim and the, uh, and, and the Jewish thinkers uh, over the course of generations point out, Mikra, Torah Shebikhtav, is purpose to be read. There's a fulfillment in just reading. 
As a matter of fact, there are some Mepharshim, Magen Abraham, Shohan Arucha, Harav, and others, suggest that Torah Shbikhtab Hamishachim She Torah, if you just read the words, you fulfill a mitzvah, but I didn't understand them. Well, that's understanding is Torah Shbaalpeh. Just reading the words of Hamishachim She Torah, Mikra, there's a fulfillment in it of itself. How could there be a fulfillment? The general understanding is you're reading the words of God being inspired by just the words of God. As we learned in Parashat Vayet Hanan, where Am Yisrael were nervous after hearing his words of Ma'amad Har Sinai. It's almost a circumstance of trepidation, not fully understanding. There's a certain takeaway just from hearing, just from reading significant words of God. That's Mikra, Mitzvah Zomishnah. So that's interesting, because the next Derasha in the Gemara over here is that after Mikra, we went on to Mishnah. Keep in mind, we left out something. Asher Katafti, Elu Nevi'im Uktubim. Asher Katafti, with that which I wrote down, which is interesting as well to be discussed, has been discussed in other contexts by us, that Nevi'im and Ketubim is not the same as Hamishachum Sheh Torah. there's something inherent to just reading them. Nevi'im and Ketubim, although they're inspired by HaKadosh Baruch they're not his words per se. But why is Mishnah in the middle over there? We went from Mikra, you'd imagine, into, well, God also inspired Nevim and Ketubim. So the general interpretation is and should be that Mishnah is purposed to explain the words of Torah, specifically. That's where we learn about most, if not all, of the mitzvot. It's in Hamisha Chumshe Torah. That is the expressed purpose of Mishnah. Mishnah, as the pasuk that we're being Doresh, is for teaching mitzvah. It was supposed to teach us the way of the mitzvot, so it means that I go from Hamishah Chumshe Torah, and then I say, and how are you going to understand this? Oh, you'll understand this with Mishnah. Then there's other matters with, which supplement, which are words of rebuke, which are stories of faith, of understanding, of setting the people in place, of Yerat Shamaim, that's Nevi'im and Ketubim. Continues the Gemara, Lehorotam, and then the Pasuk says that you'll instruct with them, Ze Gemara, that's a reference to Gemara. What is Gemara? Gemara, of course, is the interpretation of the Mishnah. Take a look at Rashi on the last of the wide lines, top right-hand corner. Sivarat Ta'ameha Mishnayot. Gemara is the logic and of the reasoning of the, of, that underlies the Mishnayot. Shemimenu Based on Gemara, Yose'ah Hora'ah, we learn how to rule and to halacha from Gemara. That's a very important point. It means the Pasuk says, Lehorotam, to instruct, not based on Mishnah, but Mishnah was mitzvah. That's right, it's the beginning of understanding. I have Hamishachum She Torah, then I have Mishnah, which delineates and makes it a little bit more clear. But Gemara is the way you actually find instruction. Continues Rashi, quoting from the Gemara, Masechet Sota on Daf Kafbet. Aval, however, Hamorim Hora'ah Min HaMishnah, those who instruct and determine law just from the Mishnah, those are the destroyers of the world. In truth, Maharsha, in his commentary to the Gemara, Masechet Sota over there, similar words by Yam Shel Shilomo in his introduction to Masechet Hulin, but Maharsha critiques a book called Shohan Aruch, based on that Gemara. He says, people who think they're going to determine law just by opening Shohan Aruch without knowing the Sugya and the Gemara, Mavle Olam. That's why the Gemara over here again tells us lehorotam. If you're going to instruct, you have to have the backdrop. That's not to say if it's a simple law you can't look in Shulchan Aruch, but it is to say if you're going to determine a more complicated circumstance and you're going to assume oh, I'll just open the law book, 
it's not the right way to do it, you're going to be making a mistake just by means of the shortcut that you're setting up for yourself. Lastly, says the Gemara Melamed, Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish concludes his statement, this comes to teach us, Shekulam nitenu Moshe misinai, everything, the Aser Tadberot, the Hamishah Hamishah Torah, which we called Mikra, the Mishnah, which is called Mitzvah, the Nevi'im and Ketubim, the Gemara, Kulam nitenu Moshe b'Sinai. What does that mean? It was all given to Moshe at Sinai. It means Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish was being cited at Sinai. It means Yeshayahu Navi was being cited at Sinai. Um, generally speaking, the approach is not that way, but rather the principles and the truths that are found in the Nevi'im and Ketubim. Principles and truths of Mishnah. The truth is the Gemara Masechet Sanhedrin, which describes how Moshe Rabbeinu taught Torah uh, after receiving it, was in the method of Mishnah, explaining the Torah Shba'al-Peh. But it's not per se that he's quoting Rebili Ezer and Bioshua. It's not that way. What he is doing is the truths that we find in Mishnah, the emet that underlies Gemara, the purposefulness of Nevi'im and Ketubim was all nitenu Moshe b'Sinai, which means to say it was a moment in time, moments in time, an experience wherein truth was really grasped and given to humanity by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the reference in turn, this pasuk in Parashat Mishpatim, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives to Moshe and hopes to give to him, ultimately giving him, not only Luchot Even but also Torah, Mitzvah, and so forth. Baruch Adonai Amen, Amen.